Hello, and welcome to the Vorthos cast. Uh, I'm Chris Delano. And I'm Carrie Thomas. And I don't remember if there's anything else we're supposed to do at the start of a show, because it's been a while since uh, I've had to lead us off. Uh, it's just the two of us today. We've had, uh, you know, stuff happens. People get busy. Um, but we do have a really fun episode today. I'm really excited to uh, finally... Uh, sort of do a retrospective of Boom Comics and talk about some some other related topics in Magic Story that we we haven't really covered very much in the podcast. So it's going to be an interesting kind of novel episode, uh, but not about novels. No. So um, uh, we do have a couple of pieces of news, uh, some stuff to remind people about. Um, you can get Adrift, a uh, Lost Planeswalker zine, or Zine, depending on who you are. <laughs> um, it is uh, available online now. Carrie, do you want to tell people about that? Yeah. I'm tglore.com slash Zine. Z-I-N-E. And I'm saying it that way because I feel like it. Um, it is a short story and art collection uh, for short stories, for four pieces of fan fiction, essentially, and then four, two pieces of fan art. It's fun, but we'll talk about more about that later because yeah, included in the episode. I, I am holding a physical copy of it in my hand right now. I understand that there are physical copies of it in like Europe and all yeah, over the world. I was excited really cool. about that. Well, it turns out shipping stuff internationally doesn't cost too, too much when it's like a 32 pages <laughs> of bound material, thir- 32 half page things of bound material, which is like, yeah, eight stacks of paper. Um, mm-hmm. But there was Ireland, Germany, Netherlands had like a three go. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I was excited about it. Belgium. And I th- think that might've been the extent of the international. There might've been a UK somewhere in there, but Yeah. Well, regardless of where you live, you can probably reach it on mtglore.com unless, like... Yeah, just read know. the PDF I there. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm done assembling physical copies <laughs> for right now. Well, I just mean, like, I don't know if there's any, like, government censors stopping people from reading <laughs> magic fanfiction. No. Uh, um, this one doesn't get very spicy in any political or sexual direction. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll talk about some of the, the some of it later. But um, also, uh, Commander Masters is fully out. Uh, we were going to do a Flavor Gems episode this week. I think we're going to move that towards next week. Um, it's a it's a really cool set. There's a few good Flavor Gems we'll talk about. It's um, apparently kind of hard to get your hands on and expensive. And uh, I'm not going to wade into all that. But. Uh, it's got some pretty sweet flavor gems, and I'm I'm looking forward to our discussion about it, especially if we can get uh, Lorelai and Jay on to talk about some of the, the other deep cuts, too. Um, but yeah. Also, slivers are, you know, really important to Lorelai. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and I think many, many people online who are interested in slivers as a result of this deck are like, cool, time for me to read all the sliver stories, and it's like, I'm sorry, buddy. It's kind of like <laughs> two core set stories and then um, player's guides from the original block. And that's basically it. Like they don't feature 
too too heavily don't get point of view on them i'm just a little sad because there's enthusiasm that cannot be met because the truth is slivers are not uh too explored story-wise and we can talk about that more later because that kind of relates to our second half topic um but first, let's talk about Boom Comics. Uh, we've had a few episodes about it over the years. Um, we've done a lot of story summaries. We've talked about it with the author a couple of times. Um, there's some big, cool stuff about the Boom Comics, and they're done for the most part. We have, uh, I think, Notorious is Notorious coming out. Notorious comes out August 26th, question mark. Let me check my calendar. It's only one month away um yeah august 23rd maybe i believe it's the week of the 23rd so it's it's gonna be um all wrapped up at that point because as far as we know boom comics are done with magic there's not anything else promoted after that uh typically if we knew there was more coming out we would know by now um announcements for this kind of stuff does not come out like less than a month ahead of time. So yeah, it's a, it's a good time to go back and look at the overall arch of these comics and what they mean to us as Vorthoses and also just like fans of magic. Um, so I thought the first thing we can do, if you have never read the comics, you don't know anything about them, you don't want to go back and listen to all of our episodes about them, uh, some quick summaries of what happens in the comics, there's 25 mainline issues split up into like three arcs. And then there's uh, like four collections of side stories uh, that splits up into like eight individual comics. Some of them are longer than others. Um, so, yeah, I thought we'd just kick it off, let people know what happens in them, and then we can talk about them overall afterwards. Um, that first arc was kind of the most exciting one in my opinion. It was issues one through 10 of the mainline story. It was all about, turned out to be all about Merit Lage. Yes. Uh, was really cool, very exciting. It was a great way to start off the, the comics. Um, essentially, Raul, Kaya, and Vraska are on Ravnica. They are leading their respective guilds, and they end up being responsible for stopping a like shadowy cult that ends up... Uh, doing some little terrorism on the plane uh, and kidnaps Jay Spellerin. And they try to stop that cult from summoning Merit Lage to Ravnica, which will, you know, destroy the plane. Uh, at the end of it, in issue 10, we have a really exciting big ending where Jace dies to save everyone. Uh, killing Jace off in the first arc of the comics was a pretty big move. Can and it was really exciting. That? And nobody thought he would ever come back because comics kill people for good. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> about that, um, after that arc finished, we had uh, a little like side arc with, we'll talk about in a minute, um, but it goes right into a new arc about Tezzeret, uh, issues 11 through 20, where Chandra, Nico, and Garrick, which is like the most unlikely alliance you can ever expect. That's three characters I never thought would be together in a room, let alone like involved in an adventure together. Uh, they discover they can't get into Ravnica and they have to stop Tezzeret, who has allied himself with Tybalt and Davriel Kane. 
And he's using this mysterious Planeswalker character named Izona Maeve, who was explored in one of those side issues, uh, to essentially like use a device to do a Nicol Bolas thing and become an old walker again. Um, Jace's ghost shows up, as you said, you know, no one ever dies in magic uh, and at or in um, comics. And then at the end of the arc, Jace gets a new body. They stop Tezzeret and actually kill him, which is a wild thing to do in comics again. Because, yes. um, you know, in the magic story, no one ever gets killed. Uh, it's so hard to kill anyone, but they killed Jace and Tezzeret um, over the course of these comics, which was really cool. Uh, then we had the final arc, which was only five issues, because I think this was where they decided they were going to start like wrapping up these comics. Um, ends up being about Azona Maeve and uh, Aminatu, which is really cool. Uh, she plays a major role in these stories. Um, they're sort of shaping fate because Azona has decided that she wants to uh, have the power of an old walker again and restore her plane to its you know former glory and all this stuff. And she ends up getting Bolas out of the meditation realm and uh, he betrays her because surprise, surprise, uh, and tries to use her to do another elder spell. It's like kind of a wacky arc. Um, it ends with Jace on the back of a Pegasus using Black Blade, which has been reforged again to kill Bolas. Uh, Gideon's spirit helps him yes. in like a moment. It's it's a lot. Okay. Um, like I, we'll go more into this a little bit later, but it is the fan service finale. Like Gideon is 100%, there. Yeah. Gideon likes to be close to Liliana. Uh, they finally get to say, like, you know, proper words to each other. Jace gets to actually kill Bolas, etc. Yeah, it's a pretty, um, it was super fan servicey, and it was only five issues. It really felt like a storyline that got cut short, um, but that's kind of, that was one of the first signs that they were kind of wrapping up this this comic series. Um then we had a bunch of side stories. The first one that came out was Master of Metal, which was a Tezzeret standalone story, um, which was really cool. He was doing villainy things that took place during the first arc. It was all about like him doing stuff behind the shadows that set up the second arc. Uh, really liked that. Thought it was cool to get that. Um, and then we had the Hidden Planeswalker miniseries, which was four issues. Uh, this is like a kind of a thing that happens in comics sometimes where like sometimes you get a one shot issue and then sometimes you have like a mini series. And this one was all about Liliana. Uh, she meets this planeswalker who was trapped in ice by uh, Merritt Lage named Azona Maeve. A lot of story happens there. Uh, essentially, it's like a really cool mini series about uh, Liliana discovering who she is as like a mentor and a teacher. Um, she's dealing a lot of like with her past, um, using Azona Maeve as sort of a foil as like, you know, how they each deal with their own past mistakes. Uh, and then Tezzeret's the villain of it all. Um, really good, really loved it as like a self-contained story. Uh, and it introduced a brand new character to magic, which, you know, it's, it's cool to have a character introduced in a comic who is totally brand new. Um, we had that with Dak Faden, but then he got a card uh, and, you know, then gets killed off in War of the Spark. Uh, but Azona Maeve, as far as we 
have it does not have a card in actual magic canon and is not actually in magic canon. Um, then there were two one shots for Nahiri and Ajani. Um, those were really, really wonderful character studies. Uh, they were written by Sean and McGuire. Um, just, just great work on these characters. Um, sort of about the nature of Nahiri and like her long life and who she was before getting trapped in the hell vault, who she was after she got out. Um, and then of course, Ajani and like the fact that he has a lot of history with other planeswalkers and sort of explored like what that means, what he was like. Um, both of these characters are kind of underserved and we'll talk about that um, in the main magic story. And so these were great opportunities to sort of see them in like outside of the context of main continuity. Um, and then we have the noble and notorious one shots. Um, I don't know much about notorious except it appears to like focus on Liliana. Uh, but noble has uh, storylines about Karn and Rao. So getting some character work for them. Um, and then uh, a story about Jason Vraska, which is fun uh, because you know, Everyone loves a Jason Vraska romantic story. Um, but anyways, those are those are the Boom comics. That's all of them. Um, as far as we know, that's that's all we're ever getting from Boom. And so I wanted to talk about this week uh, and what we want to focus on is sort of like what worked with them, what didn't work, and like where where they are in Magic Story. Um, so let's start off with what worked. Um, what do you think, Carrie, were some of the big things that worked and were, were like successes for these comics? From the start, it was a pretty well-timed um, effort. I think everybody was rightfully hesitant about it because we had just had IDW canceled uh, approximately a year earlier, right after the Chandra issue 4 had wrapped up. We got to see kind of Ravnica as the central setting, but we got a whole bunch of characters that basically haven't interacted heavily with each other. We know the Ral, Vraska, Kaya crew from Gathering Storm and War of the Spark, but getting to tie in odds and ends like Garuk and Ral and show some Raltomic love, so show some Jace Vraska love. It was perfect for kind of supplementing the main story in that regards, but also the Ajani and Nahiri issues were pretty well-timed for giving us a farewell, <laughs> a farewell to these characters, even yeah. though they're not the same continuity. Like, there's nothing that is directly contradictory if you want, like, I just think of it kind of as a big amalgamation of magic story. Sure, it's not the exact one for one. Jace hasn't died in the main canon or whatever. But, like, they're good stories. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what I loved. Um, Master of Metal, in particular, was the best Tezzeret story we had until probably Brothers War, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. it's It was good to just get some time to focus on individuals, focus on group dynamics for planeswalkers that we had only seen in an individual capacity for the most part. It was, 
I don't know. I just I just loved it all around and yeah, there's there's a lot to say about um how it has ended. <laughs> but <laughs> but for the most part, like it was pretty solid all the way through and through. And for Magic Story in its current form, as far as web fiction, we get short bursts. We have ever since um, approximately Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, we've gotten very, very condensed blasts of Magic Story where it is like, here's six days and there are going to be ten or more stories within those days. Deal with it. And it's like, we're happy yeah. to deal with it. We love We love to read Magic Story, but... That leaves a lot of gaps. It leaves a lot of, um, like, in-between time where people don't really have anything to fill their time with magic story-wise. So these monthly drops, and cannot emphasize enough after Magic Story's track track record with comics, these consistently monthly drops, Boom (laughs) did an excellent job, both the writers and the artists and everybody involved in the production of these comics. Um, both on Boom's side and on Wizard's side, clearly has made a monumental effort to deliver it consistently. And with that consistency, people knew that, like, even if the main story was on pause for a month and a half until the next expansion came out, um, you would still be getting two comics between those times. So why don't we, why don't we screen cap and talk about the comics and get all excited about it? And there's a glorious Wednesday every month where people get yeah. to be very excited or more than one Wednesday when there were the a spinoff and limited series going on as well. So. Yeah, we March of the machine came out in April. Um, we haven't had any magic story since then really. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since we had like a major like main continuity release uh, and without these comics, it has certainly felt like it for sure. Like, yeah. it has felt dry. There's nothing. Um, we are starving out here, uh, looking for magic story. Um, and these comics really did give us like for a couple of years, every month we got a little, little drop. Yeah. And um, that's, that's another yeah. really quick note. This went as long as the Dak fade in comics a little bit longer, but also, highly outproduced the deck fading comics if you if you're familiar with that series i believe it was probably if i had to guess it's like 16 17 comics in total i believe there was a five issue run for one of the um one of the series of those but yeah this this outproduced it on basically every metric both delivery and the number of spin-offs just due to interest obviously because they wouldn't have bothered doing more of the spin-offs later on if it wasn't already being eaten up by the fans at the start so yeah um as for like the comics overall what worked for me you mentioned like all of the story things but also like they really got to play in spaces that main magic story wasn't touching uh which was really cool and like one point you got like the character work that was really cool where like yeah the main magic story might have kaya and vraska in it uh well vraska was only there for one but like it might have kaya and jace in the main magic story chandra of course is there um but they weren't really the focus of the stories they were just you know characters moving through the plot 
Uh, and in the comics, we got to actually like have a real focus on them as characters, which was nice. But also like we had a whole arc about Merit Lage, a character who has like 30 seconds worth of lore. Um, we have an episode all about the Merit Lage lore. If anyone wants to go back and listen to that one, <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is like three minutes long or something. Um it's there's nothing about Merit Lage. So these comics got to kind of like play in this space that wasn't explored at all, that wasn't being utilized, um, that got to sort of imagine, hey, what would Merit Lage be like if she was a real character in magic and not just someone who showed up on a couple of flavor texts? Um, so I really appreciate that. But also, like, even beyond that, the the Tezzeret arc, like Tezzeret has not been a major villain character. He's shown up as an antagonist in stories. He's shown up as like a villain in the story, but he's not shown up as the villain. And that's the thing we've talked about often is how he's constantly the, the lackey or the henchman. We don't really get to see what an arc around Tezzeret as the villain would look like. And the comics said, let's see what that is. Um, whether or not it worked well, we'll talk about in a minute, but I think it was really cool that we got that and we didn't have that in the main story. Um, and it got to like, look at these characters through the point of view that we want to see them in a lot of times. So like Liliana as the professor at Strixhaven was her in the hidden planeswalker. And then also when she showed up in the mainline issue, she was first and foremost, the professor at Strixhaven, um, and we got her in the Strixhaven stories in the main continuity, in the, the main canon of Magic Story, but we weren't really exploring her as a professor. We were exploring her as uh, Liliana Vess hiding away and dealing with her trauma about Gideon, and then suddenly a couple of kids get in trouble and she helps them. Yeah. Um, we got a little view of her in the March of the Machine story as like what Liliana is like as a professor at Strixhaven. But in the comics, we got to actually explore that character. We got to explore Professor Onyx and not just Liliana Vess, which I thought was really delightful um, because a lot of people want that. People don't want just a care. People don't want a character to just show up and be like, I have an interesting concept around me, uh, but we're not going to talk about it. We're yes. not going to explore it. <laughs> and so the comics got to actually explore it. Um, same thing with like, uh, Nico and Garrick, there's like no story out there aside from what we got in Kaldheim. Yeah. And Garrick has so little story. Garrick since, has like yeah. never interacted with anybody besides <laughs> like when you delve in deep, I guess you can get a Jace mm -hmm. interaction out of it. You can get a no, Liliana no, no. interaction out of it. You can get the Kenrith twins, but mm -hmm. he's kind of been off in his own world and just getting to like see a somewhat sympathetic side of him him being able to cooperate and work with other people begrud begrudgingly because he wants to get to the bottom of the situation i'm perfectly fine with that i love that yeah and it's really really good and the writing was exceptional um and so i guess like the big thing that worked the most for me with these comics and this is a thing that you can't really like easily replicate and that's the thing that's like really difficult it's like catching lightning in a bottle type situation is that the writing for the comics was really really good yeah um even even if you look at the last five issues and they're like 
kind of wild ending, the writing was really good. There are so many things I've like screenshot and shared from those comics. That's just like this moment was so perfect, or I really love this characterization mo, you know, in the, this issue. Um, the writing was really, really incredible and it captured the character so well, especially when we weren't really getting a lot of time with them yeah. um, outside of the comics. And then the art is just gorgeous. The art is incredible. It's so fun. The style was really great. And I love how even when it changed up in the comics, you had these really beautiful pieces um, and the individual like cover arts were awesome. The like variations in the cover arts. It was just really nice to get this like wealth of really professional, really well done, really dedicated art. Um, some of the artists who worked on these covers are just magic fan artists, yeah. too, which was really it cool. Was, it was like the perfect stepping stone of like, well, you're a fan artist. We've seen your work. Um, you can do boom stuff. I don't know if any of them have escalated to card art just yet, but there were a ton of obviously exceptional pieces. The um, Tezzeret within Niv-Mizzet's head sticks in my mind. Um, the original Liliana Vest cover, I believe from one of the early, one of the first few issues of um, the mainline magic comic. I, I disagree with them calling it the magic comic, but that's what it's, <laughs> that's what it's called. Uh, but yeah, it was just, a wealth of like cool variants that people could collect and that I don't know, just leaned into the magicness of it. Like variant comic coverings exist for everything else. Why not have them exist for a magic comic, have a billion different characters and then magic fans who love these characters can pick up the comic, even if they don't care necessarily about the comics contents, mm -hmm. like you still get to have a very, very cool Elspeth Liliana art that you would never get anywhere else in magic and and one more very very small point but chris mm -hmm. can you tell me which magic story basri cat has appeared in that's right none no official web fiction but he's certainly in these damn <laughs> comics can you tell me <laughs> where aminatu is comic. in the web fiction no uh, i'm missing nowhere yeah. and then <laughs> in the comics like you got to pull in these characters that i i won't say wizards has no interest in touching but weren't interested in touching at the time and so they got to pull them into the roster um basriket didn't get a ton of scream time screen time aminatu did um kind of pivotal for that final uh five issue finale but yeah it's like i love that I want, I want Estrid in the comics. I want all of the weird characters that we haven't seen yet, but know exist. Grist? Yeah. Grist <laughs> shows up in Grist? the comics? Yes, yes. The first story for Grist, I literally forgot. Mm -hmm. uh, she's causing a plague on Estrid. <laughs> and Ajani, Ajani teaches her some, you know, awareness, some mm -hmm. situational awareness. Like, hey, there's other people who are also alive. We also rely on these uh, crops so maybe you can be a little more courteous and that works because you know when else are we gonna get a grist story i don't know but damn yeah like they just did everything that obviously wizards allowed them the freedom to do but mm -hmm. everything that like 
Jed's passion for magic would allow him to dip into and all the other writers who worked on it. Um, obviously interested in exploring characters who have been underserved in the past and giving them their little moment in the spotlight. Yeah, and, and like some of these characters are major characters in the main magic canon who are like showing up often in the story, but so often when they're in the story, they're serving a role in the plot and we're not really getting a lot of character moments from them. Um, and the comics did that, which I appreciated. But also like back on the art situation, like these are physical items that you can own, which is really cool that aren't magic cards. And so like we don't get a lot of those as options. And that was really nice to like, I can go to a comic shop and like find an issue and take it home. Like, well, I mean, you pay for it, of course. Um, <laughs> Chris like, shoplifting moments. Um, but it's just really nice to like have physical magic yeah. objects that aren't cards. And I really appreciate that. Um, and the variant issues being in like little baggies where you don't get to see the cover and you're like getting a random one was fun too. So those are like the big things that worked and I think made this a huge success um, in that term. Uh, I think, of course, the linchpin to all of this is that these are not canon. So the story got to do whatever it felt necessary. Um, but again, I don't want to get into a discussion of what is and is not canon. That is a whole other episode, uh, one which we've done in the past and might have to revisit because... At some point, I don't think yeah. there's going to be... I, Chris, between you and me, mm -hmm. I don't think Netflix is going to be introducing another Divergent <laughs> canon anytime soon. <laughs> I think we might just be stuck with the main story for a little while now that Boom has concluded. Well, uh... Just real quickly, some of the things that I think didn't really work in the comics, because it's not fair if we just sing their praises for half an episode. Um, my biggest thing that didn't work uh, within the comic. So like not talking about the like meta textual stuff around the comic, yeah. but like the thing within the comic, I felt like the ending of the second arc and the third arc kind of borrowed too much or like tread in the same ground as the mainline magic story, the like main canon. Um, and that made them a little disappointing, not enough for me to be like, Oh, these weren't very good, but like enough for me to go like, Oh, like Tezzeret's trying to become an old Walker again. And Nicol Bolas is the villain and they have to kill him with black blade. I'm like, we, we kind of got those stories in the main magic. Everybody's canon, trying so... to become more powerful. We're kind of over it. We need, yeah. we need villains with kind of unique goals because there's, there's only so much space that you can explore with. Like, I want to be more powerful than other planeswalkers. And it's like, well, I don't know how that's going to work out for you. Cause everybody who's tried it before <laughs> has had a pretty bad time with it. Yeah. And to, to be fair, like, there are not many, I don't want to say there's not many, there's just, there There are some plots that are like, if your goal is to have a bunch of disparate characters have to come together for some reason, these are the kind of plots you end up in, Yes. you know? So like, it doesn't feel like it was like them sitting down going, hey, let's just do what the magic story did. But it did feel sort of like they were retreading some ground. And yep. those are like the only complaints I really have about the story of the comics. Um, I think everything else was executed pretty well. Even the like super fan service ending of issue 25 
I'll, I'll be honest. I was, I was there for it. I was enjoying it. I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is great. I'm having a yeah. fun time. Cause you're like, this is getting a little too silly. And then you're like, oh, okay. That's cute. Yeah. It passed a point of silliness to the point where it was like, actually I'm all in. Let's go. Yeah. You know? Oh God. Everybody taking oaths was when I broke. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know if this really happened the way that it's depicted. <laughs> Um, don't really get yeah. to that level in many stories, but I was like, magic comics have not been this hammy up to this point, <laughs> so maybe it's a little girl playing with dolls, who knows? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things where you just sort of, like, it gets to the point of being silly to where you're like, this is intended for me to find it a little silly. Yes, you and know? I love there's that. No way to, there's no way to avoid that. It... it pushes over the edge in like a very comfortable way where you're like you're not thinking that the comic line has jumped the shark you're like what is actually going on here well like even if they jump the shark like come on jumping a shark is pretty cool <sighs> like i think i think we give it i think we give it a bad name sometimes sometimes when fonzie jumps the shark you're just like all right this is pretty cool i mean um yeah. But anyways, I <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was silly, but I was I was all in for it. Um, but it definitely was kind of like an eh moment. Um, I don't yeah. know if I won't say that this is like my concrete criticism of it, but it felt like Merit Lage set up such a freedom for villainy where you could just like have, okay, the force we're fighting against is merit lage who has not been featured in a story to go then pretty safe with tezzeret as the next arc perfectly fine to end on retreading nickel bolas not my favorite thing yeah yeah i think there was room to do some pretty cool stuff um but also like if you only have five issues left maybe that's the story you do want to tell just to be able to wrap things up in a um very satisfying way for um the time constraint that you have and like also that's kind of like you know if you, if the whole team of people who are writing for it are magic fans and they think and the artists who are working on it they're like you look i get one shot at doing this i'm doing my nickel bola story <laughs> i i'm not gonna blame them yeah um i think that if we had 25 more issues if we if we were getting these for another couple of years, I would have be much more disappointed with that choice. Um, and I would think like, why didn't you do something with like Lashrak or yes. do like a really cool uh, story with, I don't know, maybe the Obsidat gets involved somehow. Like just like find some like cool magic villains who are not in the main story and bring them in. Um, but you know, uh, the other thing that really didn't work for the comics and this is the outside metatextual thing is there was like zero promotion. Like, but they tweeted mm, about it. Chris isn't they tweeted tweeting about it like once, maybe <laughs> once a month for as long as it went on for, um, yeah, we, you've heard us harp on this many times before we wanted a secret layer. If secret layers are going to be everything under the sun and 200 per year, then maybe you can spare one and get a um, sweet little deal up with the Boom Comics people to use some of that 
awesome comic art, or some of the comic cover art for that matter, and use it on cards. Like, I'm sure that maybe there would be licensing issues there if the original art was created with um, specifically, like, print publication. But, like, come on. It's magic cards. Even if you need to commission new art in the same style just to be able to do cool stuff on cards. Like, I, we wanted a secret layer. We wanted some kind of outside acknowledgement. I don't think outside acknowledgement would have been so chaotic for people to be like, well, there's a magic story secret layer, but it's for comics, and these are all canon. Like, nobody's going to get confused. You can clarify that Merit Lage isn't actually trapped on Amonkhet on the new Dark Depths. Like, do whatever you need to. You're perfectly fine. But that's what we wanted, is, like, some kind of... And Secret Lair was the most obvious avenue of promotion, but, like, anything just getting more visibility to this series because it was obviously a hit with story fans from the start to basically the finish and saw people posting about it like the day or immediately days after when they released each month. So yeah, a little bit of a lost opportunity there. Yeah. And there was also like an issue with because it wasn't canon to the main magic story and that was like the first thing that we talked about. And I think it's it was a good thing for the comics. Like that was the first thing that was really told to us, like, this isn't canon, so they're gonna do whatever they want. Um, but then not to follow that up with like support for the comics meant that people just thought then that magic story people didn't care about it. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of like was shooting itself in the foot in that sense. Um I'll I'll be honest, if people are going to be playing like Warhammer creatures and Gandalf in their deck. I'm not really concerned if they see a card where Garuk and Chandra are teaming up on something like and thinking like, oh, this definitely happened. Like that, that misconception can be clarified after the fact. I would rather the cards exist in honor and acknowledgement and promotion of the cool work that the Boom team was doing in agreement with wizards than them not exist as they currently do. So, yeah. Um, anyways, there, there's a lot about the boom comics that was very good. And speaking of them kind of getting discounted as like a vehicle for magic story because they weren't canon. Um, let's kind of shift real quick and spend the last little bit of this episode talking about, first of all, adrift your, the, the, you know, collection of fan fiction that you put together in fan work, um, but also just like in general magic fan work, because there's a lot that's missing there. And but also like a lot of opportunities. So I just want to quickly turn this on you and put you on the spot and go like, what was your experience putting a drift together? Because you don't really like have anything in the zine or Zine, or whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> that that says like, you know, oh, when I how you set out to write it. So I'm wondering, like, for you, what was the experience like putting together a collection of magic fan work? Expensive. Oh, <laughs> that's it. No, um, I had from the start a list of ideas that I wanted to do. 
I was really fascinated with, at first, the idea of a plane-bound character design and kind of exploring plane-bound slice of life and, like, the impact of Planeswalkers on the multiverse. But then I shifted to just Planeswalkers. Like, enough Planeswalkers were cameoing in these, like, plot outlines that I had to where I was feeling much more comfortable. Like, maybe it can just be extremely self-indulgent um enfranchised vorthos nonsense (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i mean it was over the course of a year because i commissioned some of the first stories like probably april of last year and i intended to get them out pretty quickly for the 30th anniversary which their celebration of it as on the 29th anniversary so who knew but I ended up doing it closer to the actual 30th anniversary. Because, like, when you're commissioning multiple fan artists for this kind of stuff, um, you want to space those costs out. Because I wasn't looking to recoup costs, I just wanted this to exist. And even if it existed only in my own hard drive, like, it would still exist, more or less. But, yeah, and the more I got to it, there's... I'll kind of outline some of the stories. There is first story is Vash Verga, who is a mm-hmm. character from the now canceled Magic Legends game, who was manipulated by Lushrak, and she encounters Ravidel, who is <laughs> a ancient planeswalker who also happened to be uh, kind of scorned by Lushrak's actions during the Summit of the Null Moon. And that one I just wanted to give Vash some kind of finale because when we got to the end of Magic Legends, we were just at a point where um, she was off screen. She had obviously kind of turned sides because she was in uh, the care of Raul and Joda. But we can tie everything together. Like we can make this extra, mm-hmm. extra self-indulgent and 30 years spanning of story because that's what you can do with fan fiction. You can just do it. And my goal with a lot of these is I run mtglore.com. I am decently skilled, not as skilled as Jay, but decently skilled in continuity editing. So when I can outline these things, I can try to like, figure out where exactly I want to land on that. Um, And most of them are canon compliant as far as if you want to believe that the original (laughs) comics and Magic Legends or Magic Legends game are in the same universe. Um, Second was the art piece. I wanted Dakin to get completed by Phyrexia because, I don't know, he's always going to be second in command. He's always going to be uh, screwed over by somebody more powerful than him. So, of course, putting him in Phyrexia's control was pretty fun. Third, we had Warzel. And Warzel is a cut to the original Alpha rulebook. Planeswalker mm-hmm. from there. Um, had a dog companion. Thought, okay, where can you put a duo of characters? Sure, Valor's Reach. Like, let's put the... Let's show the original OG Planeswalker kind of still dueling it out on 
the only kind of dual compliant <laughs> plane mm-hmm. in the multiverse. Uh, third story was Ravi, and that went to Bibliovore Orc, who is big old Grotha fan. I we did this before March of the Machines. Obviously, I commissioned this like that was one of the ones that was over a year ago at that point. Um, grandmother Ravi got a card in March of the Machines as the backside of Invasion of Old Grotha. Um, this was set at the time what we knew was that Baron was going to march through the portal, so kind of in anticipation the, of that. The last time we've seen anything about Baron yes. Singer. <laughs> yes, so Baron's off there somewhere. We just wanted to get Ravi's um, fun, maddening point of view that he wrote, he wrote very um, excitingly. Mm-hmm. Um, third story was I won't spoil too much of this but somebody visiting Azor on a lonely island lonely useless island and mm-hmm. events happen uh, everybody everybody wants Azor to escape maybe we should taunt him with the possibility of that um, yeah. go read that story by Dex it's wonderful and then the last mm-hmm. story was mine which is called you, and it's about you because you were a planeswalker. Yeah, and that's who it's about. It's about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> another another spoiler heavy one where I can't give much context, but but it's about you and how you are a planeswalker and what you remember and what you mm-hmm. do. So I that one was one of the ones where I was like, magic has never had a second second uh person point of view story maybe it should and maybe it should be a little painful <laughs> and chris helped me edit that yeah uh i definitely i i read it i helped you edit it and i was reading it and i was like what is this oh and it took me a, like a couple of read-throughs before i like really grasped like yes. oh that's what's happening um so it's really good uh i've read the whole the whole zine um it Every story in it's pretty fantastic. The writing is really great. Um, I really, really enjoyed the first story with Vash Froga. Or it, it, something about it just, I don't know. It was really good. Vash is um, not a good person, as far no. as we know. And Ravidel, as much as Definitely he not. wants to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. As much as he wants to believe that he's followed in Taysir's footsteps, maybe Taysir wasn't a good person, and maybe Ravidel still isn't a good person and maybe they're just you know deluding themselves a little bit but um the the thing i wanted to talk about specifically um to anyone who hasn't read it go read the 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 stories are for the most part very short um they're lovely stories uh they are for the most part canon compliant and what canon compliant means in this sense is that there is nothing in the story that contradicts a previously established canon moment in magic story, but they build upon that and create some things that may not be canon for the future. Um, And I think that is like a strong thing that magic has going for it is that it's very, very easy to write canon compliant fan fiction. Yes. I, I, I obviously love it because I'm familiar with a lot of this stuff. But, Mm -hmm. like, God, there are so many characters that you're never going to see again and aren't confirmed alive or dead. You're never going to see them again, though. And that's Mm -hmm. the issue is, like, you can kind of commandeer those characters as your own. And I've 
I've encouraged that all the time because I think like I don't know what's the worst thing that can happen they print another Azor story <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's probably the most likely candidate there and even then mm-hmm. I'm not sure that they would ever necessarily want to revisit that thread um, but that's even like the planeswalker angle there are probably thousands of legendary creatures that either never had story altogether or have very little story and probably will never get another exposure within magic's lifetime so yeah there's there's it's it's not really hard to write like an old stick fingers fan fiction story oh yeah because like that that character is still around on innistrad somewhere doing something just you can write about it um, and I think that that is one of the things that gives magic fan fiction a really huge opening is that it's so easy to write something that's canon compliant. Uh, there's so much that you can pull from to write that. Uh, there's so many characters who have very little going for them that you can absolutely just sort of adopt and be like, I am going to be the person who writes all of the fan fiction about Grist. Yeah. Um, and like, and even if you want to go yeah. not necessarily canon compliant and do your own, like there's um, the Gay Watch, which is a LGBT uh, themed rewriting of most of the original Gay Watch saga ongoing. Um, there were rewrites of War of the Spark at the time. People, mm-hmm. unsurprisingly, were not necessarily happy with that. But also, there's just like a billion like fanoses um fan walkers that people have explored and you can go in pretty much any direction you want like i just want to encourage people write fan fiction have fun with it because it's honestly like magic especially like mine i tried to time it well because i knew there was going to be this kind of lull by the time that i was wrapping it up in stories so maybe people could enjoy this in the interim but magic has these gaps i don't think it's ever not going to have these gaps where story mm-hmm. doesn't exist and it's just like there are people who don't want to read the official story and just want to read extremely self-indulgent fan fiction that's perfectly fine too <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'll say like what what really makes good fan fiction and what i think that adrift does really well and the fan fiction that I've enjoyed reading in the past is the way that it will often characterize characters more than what we get in the mainline story or that what we can get, what is possible to get from the main canon or release or whatever you want to describe it um, from the text. Yeah. And I use text with a capital T. Um, so like, for example, like really good fan fiction about Jace, which I have read, exists even though Jace is such an explored, established character because so often Jace in Magic Story exists as a part of the plot. You know, the character is moving the plot. They are part of it. They exist within it. The plot is the focus. The character is there to enact it. But good fan fiction can say, what if the character is the plot? What if this story is about Jace and his struggles with being relied upon as the Guild Pact and his, you know, how exhausted he is and all of these things? And I think, like, that is really good room for fan fiction with a well-established character 
And then there are so many other characters who don't even have the Jace level or any level of of characterization in the capital T text uh, that fan fiction can explore. Um, why magic has so little fan fiction? Uh, I'm throwing my hands up. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. The story um, engagement in this community is a little bit lower than comparable communities, but also like to your previous point, getting to explore those kind of like standalone stories where it's more about characterization rather than events happening. And like we've said in both our podcast with Rory and previous episodes, like magic story historically has tended to lean on that characterization, especially in, or the events happening, especially in the web fiction era where there's constraints space. We need to have plots, plot beats and there's not that much space to breathe in them. So kind of suffers as a result of that but like the boom comics that was the premier setting like boom comics is as close as we can get to like official magic fan fiction as far as like these are little journeys these are little side stories that these characters get to have um the nahiri one is just stand out the ajani one is stand out um the ajani one holds a special place in my heart but it also just utilizes more settings, utilizes more deep cuts of characters like Merit Lage, where it's like Merit Lage was unexplored as far as when the Boom comics started. Lushrak hadn't been touched in over a decade by the time that Magic Legends had started. Like you can dip back into those wells and just have fun playing with characters and and creating meaningful stories and something that's familiar to you and that might mean more to you just because you play the game and maybe it's your commander maybe it's just your favorite card just get to explore it i i keep coming back to something that roy said in our interview which if you have not listened to it um what are you doing uh, there is we did an interview with roy graham magic story lead uh, episode 255, it is really important, I think. Um, but also one of the things he said was that what makes Magic Story so good is that it is a card game. And I think that that is sort of like a thing that frames Magic Story in a way that makes, that I've had to like sort of accept a long time ago to make it really great to me. And why I enjoy Magic Story so much is that it is a card game and that what we are getting is like these little plot driven, like genre stories in a way of like action adventure uh, where we are sort of like going from event to event with these characters who we learn to love, despite the fact that we don't get to spend a lot of time with them, not because we don't spend a lot of time with them. And so for that reason, I look at that and I go, all right, where's what's missing for me? And what is missing for me is these like very character center short stories, like little things. I don't need like a full novel, but just like little slice of life moments, little character focus things. Um, and I think both you and I recently have been reading a lot of like short story collections. I know you have been devouring them and I've been <laughs> kind of going through some of them. And I think that like one thing that attracts me to a short story collection is that like a short story contains within itself the full breadth of like character 
and events. And when you're finished with it, you have experienced the full thing. And I like that. And I think that's where magic story and magic fan fiction has a room to grow is like sitting down and reading a drift was really exciting to like open up and read a short story about Ravidel and Vash, Vash Voga, Vash Voga. That, that name is so hard to say. It was not a good um, name. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. Um, but to read that story and I was like really engrossed in it because I was like, you can follow it and go like, all right, here's here is this one contained moment where I'm going to learn a lot about these characters. And I love that. And Magic Story, the main text of the story, doesn't give us those opportunities very often because it is a card game. And I think that that is what makes it great, but also leaves it open for so much space that needs to be worked in. Um, And either that can come from Magic Story lead Roy Graham saying, we need to commission some short stories about these characters. Um, Or it can come from the fans going, I really want to write about a Johnny and writing in a Johnny fan fiction and supporting that and also like acknowledging how important that role is within the community of magic story fans. Like that is an important thing for us to have, even if we're creating it for ourselves. Um, Anyways, that's my, my thoughts on magic fan fiction. (laughs) If it's not obvious, we both, we both enjoy it in different amounts. Um, I, did the original kind of mini series when Theris Beyond Death story was announced to have not been happening. And I tried to rally some people together and some people had stuff written already that they were planning on writing. Um, some people just had past work that they showed me and I was like, cool. Like this is kind of the direction we can kind of brainstorm what character, what story we want to tell from that. Um, Adrift was kind of handmade in the sense that I wanted to shape it myself and kind of get a little bit, <laughs> get a little bit more self-indulgent with references and tying up loose ends and uh, trying to pull uh, cool things together. But yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just a blast for it to exist, and I encourage people to go. Like, obviously, Ao3 is a good repository for it, but there's people who write microfic level stuff on twitter um if that site is still up x maybe (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna tell people to go to a website called x i'm sorry i feel like that is anyways Um, tumblr a few other places that sure you can easily access but yeah adrift is just a little a little curated collection that i wanted to make exist and um Hope that you enjoy it. If you do check it out, if you don't check it out, no hard feelings. We're just we're just doing our own thing. Um, magic story is obviously a passion for everybody. Um, so wanted to wanted to do something fun and give people money so that my twisted sicko ideas for <laughs> for bringing uh, messed up characters together would exist. Uh. And I just want to say the last thing I want to say on this is if you read a really good magic fanfic, um, share it with people, tell people about it. Um, just because I, I don't see a lot of conversation with it on the, the greater uh, magic sphere, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just, I'm like, sometimes I don't know where to go or what I'm like in the mood for. And it would be nice if people just shared more and said, hey, you know, just post to Twitter and be like, I read this really cool story someone wrote or 
you know, stuff like that. So yeah, be more supportive. There's also a channel in our Discord called Custom Cards and Fan Fiction, I believe. That there's more to the name of the channel if you there's want. A, to. There's a little bit more, but I'm not going to read it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly a Chris Chris forced joke. There we go. Um, but how can they get to our out. Discord? Uh, so they can get to our Discord. Um, this is a great segue. Uh, I guess we can eschew final thoughts because this has just been our final thoughts, unless you have something you really want to plug. Um, but uh, they can get to our Discord by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash thevorthoscast, where $1 a month gets you access to our Discord server. Uh, that's $12 a year. That's like one pack of Commander Masters or something. Oh um, <laughs> and... Uh, that gets you uh, access to our Discord server where Vorthoses from around the world are talking about all things magic. Uh, we're getting really excited about Wilds of Eldraine coming out soon. That's going to be a lot because it's our first post great pruning uh, story. Um, and then uh, for $3 a month, you get access to our live listen tier where you get to listen to us record the episode live. You get to hear everything we cut out. You get to hear us talk before and after the episode. Um it's just a really fun experience. I used to just be a live listener and I really enjoyed it. Um, and back in my day, it costs more. So we have not changed those prices except for lowering them. Uh, but anyways, uh, you should join our, our Patreon. It's really cool. I will and have a uh, final thought. If you have okay. a final thought first. I, I will have a final thought. Um, I will go ahead and give my final thought, which is uh, if you are reading a lot, if you're a big reader, I think uh, me and Carrie both are. I'm a big fan of reading. Um, uh, there is a poet named uh, Richie Hoffman who I've recently just devoured a lot of his writing. He was in uh, this month. Well, yeah, the July-August issue. So it will still, still be this month. The, this month's issue of Poetry Magazine uh, with a few new poems. And then I went back and read uh, his two collections. Very good if you like poetry. Um, big fan of Richie Hoffman. Uh, yeah, that's that'll be my final thought. I will continue continue my book endorsement list. Um, the Last Catastrophe Stories by Allegra Hyde. Very, very good speculative fiction that won't make you feel good about climate change, but will make you perhaps laugh a little bit, perhaps cry. It's a lot, but I like it. So go ahead and check that out. <laughs> I, I listen. I read. I read a book about climate change recently that made me so depressed that I uh, could not function for like a week. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some time away from those. I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a real uplifting note to end on. I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry. Read, <laughs> no. read magic fan fiction. Have fun. Love you all. This has been the Morthos <laughs> Cast. <laughs>